With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mr. Hostman. What? Fucking back. Fucking together. This is feel like been ages. This is emotional for me. It's been but 70 days. Is that what it's been? It's been 70 days. What, since we were all together? Since what we was the episode together. number? Uh, I think it was 49. 49, I think. Bloody hell. Mm, blimey. Well, it's, it's on me. It's apologies from Alex from Bristol. Stuff going on. It's difficult. It's difficult to get us all together, man. Yeah, yeah. And especially like we've, you know, I mean, you're. You can't travel anywhere. T doesn't drive any further than like Watford. No. Uh, and I live further than Watford, so we yeah. have to come here to do it. It's a part of unknown. Mm. It's a shame. But it has an aura about the place. It's just... how, how have the podcast been? I haven't listened to a single second of it. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's been interesting, you know. Yeah, it's been interesting. Like being host is weird. Like I don't like it at all. I have to hear myself. Is that because you don't know what you're talking about? Well, yeah, it's like I'm having to like carry Flav for it, bless him, <laughs> for his brain farts. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been fun. You know, the Skype stuff. You know, I've all, I've always been like anti Skype, and actually, it's not that bad. Yeah, I've heard some Skype pods in the past, and they're shit. When there's two of you, it's all right. Yeah, and Flav knows much more than he than he acts like he does. Yeah, you know. Um, well, that's yeah, good. It's been fine. It's been good. Good. As long as I never have to be on a podcast with him ever again, it's fine. <laughs> all right, T. What bad? What's not going bad. on? Hot. It is hot. Very hot. Speaking of weather, we're all wearing NBA, uh, not planned. Not planned. But we're all, I've got a Lakers and Knicks and NBA All Stars jerseys on. Yeah. Is that Patrick Ewing? No, it's Larry Bird. Larry Bird. I didn't want to get Larry Bird, but he's the only one now. They're the newer ones. Anyway, this is boring. Yeah, we'll take a picture after, but we haven't (laughs) planned it. This is this is how much in sync we are. Lucky, lucky listeners. Yeah. Um. Episode 54. Mm-hmm. We haven't got a little title for this one, though. No, I was looking earlier on, you know, and uh, I was looking at Pernell Whitaker because uh, obviously he passed away yes. a few weeks ago and I was reading the recent Ring magazine where he's on mm. the cover of it. And, uh, it was a, and it was great, that was, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, I was looking at his thinking, oh, did he have that many fights? We only had, like, 46 fights, so he didn't get to that night. Oh, OK. But Stuff I think him then. I thought it was apt we mention him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's go straight into it because it is Monday bank holiday and Saturday at around about half past seven. It was nice, wasn't it? It was a nice time. 7.30. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we saw Anthony Yard go over to uh, Russia uh, and come up against uh, Sergei Kovalev, mm. which I wasn't sure quite what to expect, mm. really. Uh, well, Cal, will you, you talk us through, talk us through what, um, what you thought happened, what you thought would happen compared yeah. to what would a- actually happen. Uh, so I did the preview for Boxing Monthly and I predicted that Kovalev would stop him mid-late rounds. Uh, and I said it was just about levels. Because Yard, up until this point, 
he hadn't boxed anyone that was close to a guy like Kovalev, who had boxed Jean Pascal, Bernard Hopkins. You know, he'd boxed top fighters. Andre Ward. Andre Ward, thank you. You know, he'd boxed really, really good fighters. And whereas Yard, he hadn't boxed anybody. Like, I was really looking at his record, you really struggled to find anyone that's close to being world class, really. And I just thought he would get outclassed. And for, there was 11 rounds in the end. Yeah. For nine of the 11 rounds, he was completely outclassed. Mm -hmm. uh, I gave the first six rounds to Kovalev, um, seven and eight. Obviously, round eight was... was um, yeah, we'll talk about the eighth round in a second. Yeah, that was obviously a big round for Yard. And then after that, it was all Kovalev again. You know, it wasn't It wasn't really... It was pretty much what I thought it was going to be, was the answer. See, they would have known that, though, yeah? So tonight and, and that in the Yard and the rest of his team would have... You know, they wouldn't have been any, any under illusions, under any illusions that they were going to lose the majority of the rounds. Am I right in thinking it's, that? It's difficult to say. I mean, I've not really seen much from Ajay after the fight, apart from obviously using the term we more than his fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, that we lost and this, that and the other. But I've not heard him really analyse a fight since then. I, I've i got a feeling that he probably just, he just, he probably just had a really strong belief that Yard just, just needed one round of success to win it. And he almost got it in round eight. But there's no, there's nothing coming from the corner between rounds either. So that was just well, yeah. We'll get we'll get bizarre. to the corner in, in a sec. Um, well, let's talk about that eighth round because, okay. like I said, the majority of the time um, that straight left hand from from Kovalev was pretty much doing everything he needed it to do mm -hmm. with, with keeping Yard at bay. Yard had a couple of little mini bits of success, but <clears throat> it wasn't until that eighth round uh, when Yard managed to catch him mm -hmm. um, with the with that left hook. I think it was the first shot that. Yep. Um, put Kovalev off balance and he really did look in trouble Yeah, and there was a there was a, a little 5-10 second moment where he thought I thought he was going to stop it yeah I was out of the chair yeah. screaming at the telly um, he started, the work all started in round 7 because uh, Yard really started to attack the body more mm. he was really working over Kovalev's body and you could see a couple of times he was hurt in that round and then round 8 came and he carried on and he carried on with the body attack and it was really, really working. You could see it was slowing Kovalev down and it was hurting him. And then he started to move upstairs a little bit and he started landing shots upstairs and he hurt him and he hurt him badly. And I was, again, screaming at Teddy, he's hurt him, he's hurt him. Mm. And he did and he, he had him on the ropes and he was literally, what, two shots away from maybe yeah. getting him out of there from, you know, that referee, me and T were talking about this yesterday. Uh, he's the referee that, that, that did um, Hay Harrison. He's the referee that did Hay against Chisora. He's a guy that's not shy to stop a fight when it's when it's necessary. So he will get him, he will stop a fight, and it was not far away from yeah. from from him being stopped. But they spoke a lot afterwards about experience and a lack of experience and all of that. They were a little bit too quick to talk about lack of experience for me because why did you take the fight in the first place? But um, it showed that lack of experience because he just needed to slow down. He just needed to slow down, take a breath, jab your way in, and he'd have got him out of there. Mm. But he just rushed, punched himself out, and Kovalev recovered. He had no second wind after that either. No. But you know, in terms of him taking the fight, I think I think Warren saw that um, Kovalev is beatable. Mm -hmm. And the next Kovalev fight would likely to be Canelo. So if he waits... So maybe Canelo wins and it gets made vacant. Maybe he has to fight someone for that. Maybe fight someone that way. But he's not going to get as much money. So from that point of view, I can't blame them for taking the, the Kovalev fight. No. It's just, um, he's been fighting Binman. I mean, I think last week I saw he, nine of his first ten opponents had losing, all had losing records. Yeah. And it's just, 
you know, I mean, we've seen uh, we've seen it before with Frank Warren. You know, people having fighting nobody didn't get a title, can get a title shot. Mm. But I mean, the fight probably did go how I expected it to be. But I think Yard is just a bit too one-dimensional. I think um, I don't blame him for taking the fight either. I think I think if an opportunity to fight to fight Kovalev, which obviously is a name, if you think about it in in stages, resume, say that you fight Sergei Kovalev, obviously. Yeah. Um, is he at his best? Probably not. No, he's thirty-six. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and are you? Do you feel you're ready? And Yard has talked a lot in the past about, look, I'll do my career how I see fit. You know, we'll decide when we make the jump. Mm. Um, and he did always say that it would be a big jump mm. when he did. Mm. You know, and he's so he's been true to, to what he said. Now, yeah, I think the ultimate issue is the fact that you can't, you know, you can't go and race a Formula One car. When you've when you've just been driving, you know, mini metros. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you've got you you know you've got to try a bit of Formula Three. Yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. get in a get in something first. Um, and I think that's just I'm not saying he can't do it because mm. it showed purely in, in the eighth round that he could do it. Mm. Um, and like I said, but it, it was just it was just that little bit of experience is a strong word because that encompasses all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Nous, yeah, you know, it's it's about knowing. Yeah. Um, in generalship, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and just and just having that little thing, for like, right? Actually, I don't think he's going to go here. Take a step, breathe, take a step, um, hands up again, mm-hmm. come in close, and just just do some neat work, and for the last ten seconds of that bell, then let's go again. Um, because then you saw what Naus really is is the next round from Kovalev mm-hmm. because it was masterful. Do you think? And also, the corners are comparable here. Yes. So you look at Yard's corner, a lot of. Think about the instructions he got in the corner, and then or you lack look, of or lack of instructions, yeah. and then you think about the other corner. You got Buddy McGurk, who's just gone in the Hall of Fame. He's had Arturo Gatti mm-hmm. and all of that, and he's gone through some right crises with with Arturo Gatti. At the end of that eighth round, Buddy McGurk says, says "You take up. another big shot. I'm yep. getting you out of there." And that's mind games. Mm. That's mind games. He may have. He may you have... hear Kovalev shout? Well, not shout, but he's like, "No, no, no." Yeah, yeah. and it's to g him up. It's mm. to g him up, and it's. The experience difference between Buddy McGirt and Yard's trainer, it's it's massive. It's massive. This you know, um Yard's his only fire, isn't yeah. it? He's his only fire, especially so. at this level. Yeah. Buddy McGirt's been there a hundred times, he mm. knows exactly what to do. Um and the the difference showed. I mean, were you surprised I was quite surprised when into the ninth round, I was surprised at how gassed Yard was. Because yeah. he finished the eighth round. It's not like he was kind of falling back onto his stall. Looking exhausted at the end of that eighth, yeah. You know he was obviously in good spirits and, and back he went. But then, like I said, Kovalev came out and that that straight left hand. Mm. I mean, and we saw because that was the punch that put him down in the end. Just a you know a, a, a jab on steroids essentially is what it was. Yeah. But it's it just shows that how how powerful and how effective that punch is because he took two of those and it was like he literally had sucked every last bit of energy out of him. Yeah. And he did he, the, 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 the stoppage in the end, but that was probably more down to exhaustion. Than it was, was two round, the last two rounds. Yeah. I mean, Yard was struggling to even yeah. turn on his heels. I think yeah. the end of round ten is pretty awful, mm. and could have probably pulled him out then. Yeah, probably should have done really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the corners, and you know, and you know, Yard's corner um, has taken an awful lot of stick on social media. You know, from from previous from uh, Xboxers and trainers and that type of thing, saying, look, you know, yeah. Clifton does a clown essentially. Yeah, Paul Smith was quite—he was quite vocal, wasn't he? And Frampton as well. And Frampton as but well. But it's, it's a no sparring thing, though. That was just that bothers them. Yeah, because um, I thought well, it might prolong his career, 
that fight won't prolong his career. No. That will take years of him taking a beating like that. But yeah. the lack of sparring kind of showed, you know, because I don't think he knew what to do when he, when he was in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, he couldn't get past a jab. I think mentally he was exhausted as well because he was just getting frustrated. I think he had little green shoots with the body, with the yeah. body attack in round eight. Yeah. But for a lot of the fighters, couldn't get past a jab. Couldn't figure out how. He couldn't move his head. And again, that's all. about that's about pacing a fight as well. Mm. Because unless you've been in that situation and 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 fighting against all these people that you're going to knock over in four or five rounds, it, it, it's pointless. You can fight. You, you don't know how to how to how to pace a fight in yeah. terms of. Of knowing when, when accepting that, all right, this guy's not going to go in this round. I'll, I'll yeah. take a step, or you know, and he he just seemed very he un, he was unsure about how to about how to go about it in in some of those rounds in terms of right, do I pick up the pace? And like I said, when he started going to the body, you know, we were I'm sure everyone else was thinking, well, why weren't you doing this two three rounds ago? And I think that's and that's the difference because you know you can have all the instructions that you like. But but you know, and this is the same with any sport. You know, like a top quality midfielder with, with, with football, for example, can can speed up the pace and slow the pace of a game down as he went wants to. And that's essentially what Kovalev did. Mm. Um, and it, it's no shame losing to someone like Sergei Kovalev, thirty six yeah. or not. Um, and I think really, you know, Yard will come again, and and we've seen that he's got he's got that potential to go and do it. I mean, it's not going to affect his career massively, is it? No. I actually thought the first six rounds, even though he lost every round. He was quite composed. He didn't yeah. seem flustered. He yeah. didn't seem bothered. Like it was perhaps that was the game plan. Perhaps their game plan was, you know, get through the first six rounds, mm. start working the body, and get him out. Yeah, he was laughing and kind of joking yeah, in the corner. Wasn't he? In the, the corner, corner there was little jokes going on in the corner and stuff like that. And uh, he's yeah, he seemed composed and he seemed fine. But I think perhaps I think it all just boils down to he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared with the fights that he'd had in order to be in the best condition and the best the best prepared to have a fight of this magnitude. So does he... I mean, and what would your advice be to him now, trainer-wise? Because he's been getting a lot of it. <laughs> I do think he's got to get rid of me. I, I like a maverick. Mm. I, li- I like someone that's a bit different. I like someone that's outside of, you know, outside of the, the status quo. Mm-hmm. Adam Booth was always that guy. Mm. He was always the guy that was outside the status quo. And I like that, but... This guy's not experienced enough. Yeah. He doesn't have the experience and he doesn't have the knowledge. And there was some mention, I think Paul Smith said, it's about him. The trainer makes it about him. And I completely agree with that. Yeah. I think Floyd Senior is the same. It is about, I think he makes it about him with the flashy pads and stuff like that. A lot yeah. of people do the flashy pads and they don't understand why. Yeah. And and for me, from watching you know this guy for a while, for me, I agree with Paul Smith, and I, you know, everyone knows how much I, what I feel about Paul Smith. Yeah. But I do agree with him on that. It is, a, I do feel it's about him, and yeah. not about Yard. Um, okay, well, let's talk about Kovalev. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a performance. I mean, not many people outside of, you know, the UK would have would have heard much about Yard. Yeah. You know, and again, I was thinking that also. You know, if if this was the other way around, and we had a stalwart of our own country at that age. And someone coming to fight him who was like a who was a WBO international, but had was fifteen and zero against someone we'd never heard of. Yeah, you know, You'd we would we would have we would have been talking about that saying, "Blimey, has Kovalev really finished?" Because he nearly took a big scare against a big underdog there. Mm. You know, it's only because it's British and it's Yard, and you know we've got a lot of hopes for him. He looks the part and all the rest of yeah. it. Um, that perhaps we were giving it a little bit more um, value than, than others were. So you know, he'll you know just common knowledge that he'll want to go into this fight with Canelo now. T. Yeah, I mean, is that some? I mean, I'm not quite sure what the point is, other than the fact of you know, it's just, another, just another belt, isn't yeah. it? Um, I don't think. I reckon he's going to cash out after that fight. Yeah, I think that's probably how he sees it. Um, 
perturbed Evan Vodzik I fight in a couple of months maybe mm. if I fight one of the other champions but he's kind of been there and done yeah, it at 175 there's not much motivation to be facing those young balls not that Baturbiev is that much younger than he is yeah. so um, yeah I think I think he's cashing out yeah I think so. but when do we think that might be I mean it's not about December, the next, about December so the next Mexican yeah. holiday but I think yeah. nah, it, won't be, it won't be then it'll be December January I think yeah. over time push that back I actually don't I actually quite like it yeah Wouldn't could it? they could they t- could they have a could they have something something in between and do a, a Cinco de Mayo thing where he could really uh, then cash out at the end of that? I mean, that would be a massive event. Yeah, that... I think DAZN will. I think DAZN want Canelo yeah. Golovkin free at some point. They're really pushing for that. Oh, okay. Canelo Canelo's not so bothered about it. I think I think he's probably over it. You know, I've got my win. Well, we've and we've seen obviously this uh, last week that um, Triple G is now signed. You know, we'll work with DAZN and with Eddie. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good thing. Because look at it right now, the, the makeup of middleweight and super middleweight, Matchroom or DAZN mm. have got yeah. most of it. Billy J. Saunders now, of course, as they've well. They've got Billy J. Saunders, they've got Callum Smith at middleweight, they've got all the champions at middleweight. Um, <coughs> or it looks like it anyway, yeah. if, unless Devranchenko beats Golovkin uh, in October. But they, he's got they've got most of it, and so there's loads of options for Golovkin. Well, so, all right, well, let's you know, going back to, to Kovalev and Canelo, yeah. I mean... We don't see anything else other than no. I think Canelo's going to win, and I, I'm not that mad about it really. You know, no. I think I think when you have an elite fighter, and Canelo is that, he's an elite fighter. He's for me the best fighter in the sport um, in terms of you know his his ability as well as his record. I quite like it when they hoover up belts like that. I quite enjoy it because it's about not every fight can be a super fight, a Golovkin free, whatever or Mayweather whatever. It's, there is going to be these in betweeny fights. And if in, in between he fight is him jumping up two divisions to fight, you know, the number two ranked light heavyweight in the world yeah. in Sergei Kovalev, I'm not mad at it at all. Mm. Canelo, yes, Canelo would win because he's just much fresher and he's a quality fighter. I think he'd attack the body just yeah, like Larder, and he'd do it from round one, mm. just like he did to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., just like he did to Rocky Fielding. He'd just attack the body from early and he'd probably get him out of there in the late rounds. But Kovalev would give him a good fight yeah, because he's bigger than him and you can see... While he did, there was a crisis in the eighth round. He he's got the brain. Bit, he's got a bit left in the tank. Mm. And Buddy McGirt's a perfect fit for him. Yeah. Perfect fit for him. Boxer puncher, nice jab, just like Gatti was. He's a perfect fit for him. So they'll be competitive. So we'll see We'll see Kovalev move on to Canelo. We think Anthony Yard, we think Anthony Yard can win a world title. I mean, how old is he? 20, 28. Mm. I don't think he wins a world title unless it becomes vacant. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he beats Bivol. But he's uh, but he's 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 nearing about that. He's obviously got the the yeah. ability to be at that level. It's just a question of yeah. fights and um, doing it quickly. I'm not even sure. I think it's just like you mentioned. It's just just an athlete. He's yeah. a pure athlete. So yeah. um, it's a good comparison. So mm. I think in terms of um, boxing, I'm not sure. But in terms of him being being pretty fit and having a good chin, which surprised me. Oh, well. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about that, but oh, I mean, a chin was ridiculous. What a chin! Kovalev's yeah. a puncher. Yeah, he's a puncher with both hands. He's not plenty of people out. Yeah. And that at the end, that was just exhaustion. That yeah. wasn't any question of his chin at all, mm. because he'd taken about seventy of those. Oh my previous god! Yeah. And he walked through and he'd not blinked. Mm. He didn't blink, did he? You never saw a knee dip. Yeah. You never saw him wobbled. He just went, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, and he grinned and he kept going. And that's yeah. what I said about the composure of him. He's, those first six rounds in particular, he I, has such great composure. Yeah, I think yeah, the, given the right opportunity, I think I think he definitely can. I, I, I was I was really impressed. For yeah. me, for me, I think uh, Barazzi is the biggest fight for him. Whether that fight yeah. happens, I don't know. As for the trainer, I actually think you should keep the trainer, but maybe say, you know what, we need to spar 
and we need to do road work. Yeah. You yeah. know, just maybe insist on doing Couple more do, doing more bits. I think um there's a good relationship between him and the trainer. Mm-hmm. And um obviously you can have a Shane McGriggan, but Shane McGriggan's got about ten other fighters. Yeah, he's I his mean, main guy. Maybe get someone else in the camp. What about all... Jimmy Tibbs? Because he's or been Dave, around forever. Yeah, or Dave Cornwell. Because yeah. Dave Dave is very But someone to be a second in command, I mean. Yeah, which I think which I think they probably could do. I mean he's yeah. done it before. I mean, I know not not as much now, but you know, it's he's one of those. He's a very calm, you know, very all about advice. There's very little feeling in, um, yeah, in Endless, which is maybe what he needs. And sometimes you think when a fighter has a fight like he's, like Yaz just had, he'll then start to feel more confident about knowing what he can and can't do because he's actually been in there with someone who 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 tells who's shown him what he can and can't do. Yeah. So he might then take a little bit more ownership of that because look, I know what I need to do now. I don't need to be told now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Okay, well let's uh, let's move on from that because very quickly we've got uh, or very soon we've got Lomachenko and Luke Campbell coming up uh, for the WBC, WBA, WBA, and the and the Ring Magazine belt, lightweight belt. So that is um, it's snuck up this one. Yeah, it has. It has. It's such a and it's. I heard it is sold out, but apparently there's still there's still some tickets around. Yeah, there. there's some VIPs going at 160 quid the other day. Oh, yeah, so it's 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 an occasion, man. We've got Vasily Lomachenko. Yeah. You know, for some best pound for pound fighter in the world, wouldn't argue with him on that on that count. And he's here in London, and he's fighting Luke Campbell. You know, you know Luke Campbell. You know, he's not the most exciting guy in the world, but mm. it could be because well, Luke is. Campbell is big. Yeah, he's spiteful. Yeah, he's a puncher, and he's got that fundamentals. He's got those Olympic fundamentals, and perhaps for him, he'll feel like you know the time is right. The time is now. Uh, and it's in his home country. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you've got to, and this is, you've got to feel like that. Yeah, you've yeah. got, but you've got to feel like that. You know, he's, he will feel he's ready, obviously, uh, since the loss to, to Mendy. Mm. Um, you know, he went with, um, what was the trainer that he started? He went with after, after Mendy. Um, he's with Shane McGuigan now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, so he's with Shane now, but what I mean is he's, he, he went out to Miami, I think it was. And, oh, he um, the Cuban guy. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, and we saw developments under him, we saw improvements under him, uh, and, you know, obviously feels very comfortable with with Shane. I mean, George Groves. I mean, I don't know whether it's all just hype, but he is absolutely convinced. He's convinced, that, isn't he? That Luke Campbell, that Luke Campbell beats Lomachenko. Insanity. Yeah. yeah. How do you even prepare? I do even have a fight plan to to beat Lomachenko for fuck's mm. sake. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what I can he do? I'm all right. Well, tell me what. I mean, what a, can you a, do? A to, Hail to Mary beat? punch. Mm. Eyes closed. Mm. I don't know. Maybe an elbow. Maybe <laughs> maybe a cut. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll say to Callum earlier on that I do feel for Lomachenko because he must be struggling for motivation fighting. Quali- was Quali the last fight? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. In April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he's gone from Quali to Campbell. And I mean, obviously they're decent fighters, but they're not making the blood pump for him. No, you yeah. know, And he's in a weak division. Yeah. Um, I presume it'd be Richard Comey who he fights next should he win yep. on Saturday. And, th- and these eight fights that leap out of you, I'm sure he wants to like really build his name. Mm. And Mikey Garcia moving to one four seven absolutely shafted him yeah. as well. But you know it's amazing that he's fighting in in London. Pissed that I can't go. Yeah, but none of us can. Come it's just one of those things, man. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean it's good that George Groves is confident, but I just can't see it. No, it's one of those positive affirmation things. Say it, believe it. Yeah, I think is more it, And it's not and Luke and Luke Campbell's not in one of those positions now where. Where he, where if he has a performance like like Anthony Yard did on on Saturday, for example, where everyone kind of walks away and says, "Well, look, got beat by a better man, but well, well, fair play, pretty bright future, I'm sure. If you you know stick at this and stick at that, you'll get there." 
This is this is going to be it for Luke. This you is know? the shot. Mm. Yeah, unless and you got to admire his balls. Yeah, for for taking it. They're, I mean, he could have walked. He could have gone around this. Yeah. You know, some way or another, he could have moved up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think he'd want to with that. But no, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's but what I'm saying is, is that you know, he could have. There's a there's a real possibility that he could get actually quite embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. But he's confident in his own ability, and 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 that's that's good to see. Yeah, no, it is. He's yeah. He's got this. I think this is his chance, really. I think. Mm. I think at the beginning of his career, I think there was. It was when his dad wasn't well yeah. and all of that, and he, he trod water for too long for me. There was this really, really long build-up to him fighting Tommy Coyle, yeah. who he could have beaten in his fifth fight if he wanted to. Um, but it, it, he wasted a lot of his career, and now he's got to an age now. He's in his early thirties now, I believe, and he's now getting. You know, his second world title fight, obviously, boxed Linares before, and, you know, he lost that. I thought he lost it, but it was close. It was close. I'm sorry, go on. Um, but now this does feel like the the shot, really. You know, should he lose and lose badly, he'd have to move up and rebuild. I think yeah. the sensible thing would be to move up because Lomachenko is going to win every belt eventually. Yeah. He'd have to move up. And at 140, it's Josh Taylor, it's... Um, Josh Taylor's a good fight. It's Pro Grey, it's... You know, those guys are at mm. 140, you know. I, I felt a little bit for Luke Campbell during that time that you were saying, like, where, where he seemed to stall, because obviously he had the personal stuff going on, but yeah. you've also got to remember what matchroom, what position matchroom were in, once yeah. they'd taken those Olympians at that time. Yeah. I mean, you had Bellew in big fights, you had mm. Crawler in big fights, you know, three pay-per-views on the on the bounce. Obviously, Anthony Joshua mm. still had bits and pieces going on with Kel Brook. Yeah. You know, there was there was a wash of of, of paying money to get fighters over here. Mm. You know, that would then be pay per view. You know, Macabus and the mm. um, uh, Errol Spencers of yep. this world and that type of stuff. That you know, to try and do other bits and pieces for for, for Luke Campbell when he wasn't looking at yeah. his absolute best. You know, that was probably difficult from a promotional point of view and a matchmaking point of view. Then obviously, what happened with his dad, and then it seemed just as everything was about to go right, let's kick on. He mm. lost to Mendy. Yeah, that was the thing for me. He just, it just felt like similar to Yard in a way. He wasn't given the the, the matchups mm. to prepare him for Mendy. Nobody knew how good Mendy was. Mendy's a good fighter. Yeah, but it seemed like I remember at the time, uh, Tommy Coyle was having wars. He was having absolute wars with yeah. people with journeymen and. Luke Campbell was fighting puddings. Yeah. And you're Luke Campbell, you're Olympic gold medalist. You could beat Tom Tommy Coyle's set nine times out of ten, or yeah. fucking ninety-nine times out of hundred. He was matched a bit soft for me at the time. Mm. And it seems like and now we're in this position where he's in his thirties and he's only just getting the shot now. Yeah. And then it's a moving up and rebuild is just gonna be really long. I think he's been unfortunate for for the reasons yeah. I said. I think I think it would have been I'm sure that there was probably other priorities at that time. Now suddenly, you know, they've got an anti Joshua who's lost, obviously will still be box office. They've got an anti Joshua who's lost, a Kelbrook who's nowhere to be seen. Mm. Um mad, uh Bell uses it gone. Callum Smith who, you know, his next fight probably won't be pay per view but one after. Yeah. Um, and he'll fight a pudding can yeah and then and then of course you've got um, uh, who else has gone you know the crawlers of this world that have now, now gone and Dillian Khan, White Khan who's their only well. other big pay-per-view is, is obviously in, in in bit of trouble other ways can, can you know yeah. occupied at the minute so yeah I mean I'm I don't see him beating him. I, I think it will be entertaining. I think I think he'll have his moments, perhaps, yeah. and you know we'll we'll hear some excitement from Adam Smith and and uh, Matt Macklin. But uh, yeah, I mean it's just great to have him over. Here. You know that's something we should be appreciative of. Answer because I liked the question you asked. T. How does Luke Campbell beat Vasily Lomachenko? 
He's he... got to try and use. I mean, what is Luke Cam- What is Luke Campbell's attributes at this weight? Size. Yeah. Reach. Yeah. Speed. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. So you're gonna have to use. You're gonna have to try and use all of those. Now, mm-hmm. speed is probably taken out of it because of because of Lomachenko's footwork. Mm-hmm. So because then because then if you if you get caught if you get caught moving in the wrong direction or caught not reacting quick enough because you're already doing something if that makes sense mm. uh, you, you you could get put to sleep quite quickly yeah <clears throat> for me i think he's got to try and use he's just got to try and use his, his strength he's going to have to take four or five he's going to lose every round yeah he's going to have to take four or five to come in, to try and come in close and and work and hope that he can catch something catch a short arm somehow on a hook and just anything like that but I think we'll see that Lomachenko will just probably pull another four or five tricks out of the bag that completely disarms that well Linares knocks him down so yeah, yeah. Know. I mean Linares is a quality fighter yeah and I think it's difficult where you can say oh look Campbell and Linares was close and Linares mm. knocked you know we had all this yeah, with yeah. Um, the triangle theories with Jamie McDonald and the um, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yeah, yeah after after Rigan though yeah. so you know, you can play kind of yeah. tedious links and, and yeah. make all the way through there. Yeah, I think Luke's got to use. He's going to have to use the fact of of southpaw and size yeah. to try and to, to try and not bully. That's a strong word, but yeah. to impose at least impose himself and let him yeah. know that look, I'm not just going to sit and come back and and just let you kind of tee off. But I yeah, it's, it's mission impossible. But yeah. I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm not sure. I kind of feel like Campbell needs to. Not lead off, not press the action. Not you reckon? Not he's the longer man. Yeah. In terms of range, so I'm thinking make him come to you, mm. and perhaps try and counter punch him. Make him do the work because but that. But that's the thing, and, and I, and I don't it ain't gonna work. Yeah, I just think the, the counter punching thing. They must have looked at that and gone. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to. I mean, you're gonna have to counter punch like you've never counter punched ever yeah. before. Oh yes, anyone. He, yeah, he needs. So a... I, I don't know. I've got a feeling that. I think I've got a feeling that they might they'll they'll try something different. I think they'll yeah. try and they'll try and impose more than more than yeah. boxing tactics. I just think a lot of the guys that that um that Lomachenko has fought have been these come forward, mm. walk you down kind of fighters and that's lunch meat for him. Yeah. Salido's obviously the blueprint, but that was that was Lomachenko's second fight and yeah. this was and it was like Salido says, it was welcome to the pro game kind mm. of thing. Um so that's why in my head I'm thinking, okay, maybe you shouldn't walk him down. Maybe you should go, you come to me. Well, think of it like this, though. Is, is Luke Campbell better defensively or offensively? Probably offensively. You've got to play to your strengths, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. tricky, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's, that's part, of the in, part of the intrigue, though, isn't yeah. it? It's to see, you know, right, who's next? Yeah. Who else? Is, what's the next person going to try to actually be able to, to do anything against yeah. this man? And Shane McGuigan's... One thing he's good at is a game plan, mm. putting a game plan together. Good instructions in the corner. He's good at he's good at those things, and I, so, so I guess he's probably the best trainer for him at yeah. this time. Um, it's not a bad card either. No, it's not. So we've got Huey Fury and um, Alexander Povetkin. That's so, mad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Huey Fury. It's just, I mean, you, you, the one thing you've got to say about you know with Matchroom and that type of stuff is you know people like Huey Fury moving over there, Billy Joe Saunders, and they're going to get these. You know these types of fights straight away because they they just they do have the the, the ability to be able to go and do this now. Yeah. I mean, surprised at Huey Fury moving over. Um, he had to, but he's got no personality. He's doesn't punch very hard. Mm. I, I don't know. He had to, he, he had to do something in the end. Um, I think he probably I don't know if he'll get knocked out, 
you're probably losing points. But I don't know. Do you, do you could you see Yard moving? By the way, I know he's a bit bit left. I, I mean, if I was Matchroom, I'd be looking at Anthony Yard absolutely salivating because he looks the absolute part. He's got a great personality. He's actually really well followed over in, in America. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got a thing. And you know, like I've said before, the. Um, the top, like, yeah, they love it. The but, top rank girls. But Eddie, Eddie was actually very complimentary about him in the build-up. Oh yeah, I mean, he's not daft because he knows that that opportunity will come along. It's the same as he's had with Billy Joe. You got yeah. Callum Johnston, I think. You got well, how was, how was there Burton left Gallagher or Matchroom? Uh, when you got Barassi sure there as well. Yeah. Gallagher, yeah. So there's fights there for him. So maybe maybe he'll move over too. But that's mm-hmm. what Huey Fury. Well, he's, he was the odd man out really, and he had to make the move in the end. Um, I don't think he'll get the fights that he really wants. It'll probably be, it should probably be AJ, that's who everyone wants to fight. Mm-hmm. But he'll get better fights, he'll get more exposure, and maybe can build up a few. But you think, you think Povetkin sorts him out? Yeah, I think Povetkin wins. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Povetkin beats him. Um, but there's no better place, you know, talking about matching, there's no better place for a heavyweight right now. Mm-hmm. They've got, obviously, got Joshua, they've got. They've got Tack. Well, Tackham's just gone to All Star, but you know they've got Joseph Parker. They've got Derek Chisora. Dillian White once they've got Dillian Usyk. They've got Usyk. They've got a lot of heavyweights. You know, a lot of the top heavyweights are with Matram. So for Huey Fury, if he can win this fight, if Povetkin's got old overnight, he's forty now. If he has got old, then Huey Fury, the world is his oyster. And T's right, he's not the most charismatic guy. Being with Mick Hennessy wasn't the right thing for him, really. He needed to move. And you'd like to think, you know, I think it's a free fight um, thing, isn't it? So, you know, they would have looked at Povetkin one knowing that there's a problem, there's a possibility of him losing mm-hmm. um, and we'll have a plan. And the, the, and the thing is, with these heavyweights now, they've got filler. You know, yeah. they're going to have spaces to fill yeah. with a heavyweight fight that, because it's heavyweight, draws some attention. So if a card needs, you know, a bit of padding... Oh, pricey. Um, yeah. Sticking with pricey if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I That's mean, actually Fury fight, price is probably not bad, is it? Yeah. You could well, have, a um, could have Tarzan Fury in the corner to sit. Yeah. <laughs> Big stiff idiot. <laughs> ah, the old days. Oh, God. Uh, um, say what you like back in those days. Yeah. Um, also, we've got Charlie Edwards um, defending his WBC title against um, Julio Cesar Martinez. Mm. It's the guy that knocked out Andrew Selby. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's good to see Charlie back because he wants to be busy. He wants to be a busy champion, and he's you know he's got plans of moving forward. And this will be a, I mean Charlie will win. Yeah, but I think so. Yeah, it's a tough fight. Yeah, and he, and these types of fights they're entertaining at these fights. And Charlie does make it entertaining because defensively, yeah. um, he has little lapses. So um, it's a, it's a mandatory. And there's not been a mandatory for that title for about four years. Mm. So it's been coming. It was even going to be him, Andrew Selby. There's also. Uh, I don't know if the, there was there was talk of like a rematch with Christopher Rosales because that was in the contract for the first fight. Yeah, uh, he said that when I saw him down at um, twelve by threes in Paddington, and uh, so I don't know if that will ever happen. But it's a tough fight. It's a good get your mandatory out of the way, and then he can start looking at unification fights because flyweights. It's not it's not the sexiest division. It's not the division where you're going to headline a pay per view. And the only thing here he can do is. Um... This cow, yeah. Yeah, and that's a super fly and he'd have to move up one. Yeah. But not that that'd be a big deal. It's a few pounds, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm you know, just trying to think of him being able to, you know, as a WBC mainstream. champion and, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, Matchroom want to do more about these whole Saturday night fight nights. They need to. Um, you know, and that's the type of thing that they can get, you know, domestic beef, which, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you and I know full well between John Edwards and yeah. KFI, um, you know, that's is there. Numbers. 
then yeah, I mean that's that's what he's going to need to do, isn't it? Yeah, it does numbers that whole domestic stuff. You know, we've got Ritson against Davies that got announced the other day. That's going to be. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh Lewis yeah, Richardson Robbie against Robbie Davis Jr. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's in Newcastle. Yeah, that's I'd love to go up for, to watch Lewis Richardson in Newcastle. That'd be good, you know. Yeah, yeah that'd be really good. Was that a next gen? No, it's a Saturday night. It's just a standard. Just a standard. Is that fight in October? Yes, yeah, October. They did say. I, any reason I asked is because again, I think I think I heard road trip Matchroom saying, yeah, road trip. I think they had. I think I thought I heard Matchroom saying that you know even on that, some of the next gen cards, you know maybe the main event might be someone a bit more established. Yeah, you know, and, and to try and add value that way as well. Start doing some British title fights. You know, yeah. A lot. A lot of us. You know, we started watching. A lot of us. We started watching boxing. Flab always talks about it. You know, the Friday night fights yeah. on Sky. It was always Jason Booth defending his British Super Bantamweight <laughs> title, and I loved a bit of Jason Two Smooth yeah. Booth. You know, he was great. And start doing that with your next gen. Start putting the British title on there because mm. it needs it, the British title needs it, and it's great for fighters to yeah. learn their trade. And again, we were talking about Anthony Yard earlier. He completely bypassed domestic and European level, and he's jumped straight in. Yeah. And you can see he needed a bit of that. He needed to go through the traditional way of, of building a fire. Yeah. And it, it'd be good for us to see a bit more of that, the British title on, on next-gen shows. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and obviously everyone else, someone who's been on those next-gen cards is Joshua Barazzi, mm-hmm. um, who's going to go against Ryan Ford. He was 16-4, but he's lost four of his last six. Mm. Yeah, I think Yard got a bit of <coughs> when when he was slated to fight him, so... You know, it's not it's not the most exciting opponent for him, but I'd imagine he's going to be moved <laughs> forward a lot. Don't, don't, don't die on us, mate. Um, yeah, I think um, he was in the two thousand and he's in the twenty sixteen Olympics. So I think by next year he'll want to be on the cusp of a world title. Yeah, I guess similar situation to Akoli as well. I think they want to want to step up, go for the gears. So I imagine this will be the last sort of can that he faces for a while. Mm. I think now to be named named fighters. You I think reckon. so? Because again, they need him. They need Buatzi to start becoming this face <clears throat> of it, you know, and that's why I would think that they would be looking at Yard, Matchroom, and I'm sure that's why he's very relatively complimentary about him because <coughs> Yard looks the part. I mean, he's even been on the is it the Maxim yeah. uh, advert <coughs> in between rounds for yeah. on Sky. He looks the part, can talk. You know, he's he's a he's a promoter's dream, really. And if like I said, so he didn't get as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ribbing all the scum gear and all that, mm. but but yeah. Adidas seem to be putting a lot behind him. So yeah, it's a good, good name. Yusuf's right, got an opponent now, hasn't he? Yeah, and a bit of disappointment. Bit disappointed, you had, really. I was disappointed with. Um, I'm a bit disappointed. Buatzi's opponent as well, really. You know, like you said, Yard got a lot of grief for fighting for fighting Ryan Ford, <clears throat> and, and Buatzi should get it as well. He doesn't seem to be getting as much grief, but he should be. Because if you if you polled if you polled a hundred boxing people, they'd say Boatsy beats Yard. So why is he fighting someone that's lost four of their last six? Mm. It's a bit. What do you think the holdup is? Sometimes we see this with holdups. We talked about what we had with Luke Campbell, yeah. Boatsy, Akoli's probably another one. Maybe because he looks a little bit greener than perhaps they were hoping by at this stages. But um, you know, we do seem to be seeing that these build-ups last a lot longer mm. at the minute. And you yeah. know, any, why do you think that might be? Just. He has hand issues, Boatsy. It may be, it may be something safety. to do with that with safety. It, I'm not, I'm not too sure. And maybe it's they just want to take their time with him. Really, they don't want to fast track him. But I think, uh, and I spoke, me and Flav spoke about this on the last time we recorded. I like seeing him with a Chalemba. <clears throat> Chalem, yeah. Chalemba's not. He's not doing bits. He's no. probably lost four of his last six. But he's been around. He's boxed good fighters. He's boxed Kovalev. He's boxed Bellew. He's boxed good fighters. Instead of fighting, you know, Ryan Ford, and please for Ryan Ford because he's getting a payday, but yeah. 
really, you know, Boaz, he should he should be above that, really. And for Usyk, I wanted to see I wanted to see Usyk fight a top ten guy. Really, he's for me the best cruiserweight of all time. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just unified the, the division. Um, this matchroom we've just spoke about. This matchroom have got a lot of the a lot of the the fighters, you know, <coughs> at that level, but. I guess a lot of them are tied up. The Takan fight kind of didn't happen because um, Tak uh, Usyk got injured. Yeah. Um, it looks like Chisora's probably going to fight Parker, so that rules those two out. The top guys, Joshua Rizal, obviously going to fight each other. Wilder, Wilder, and Fury are going to fight each other. So, so it Fury's rules a lot fight, of people out. Yeah, and Fury's fighting uh, Otto Wallen. Yeah. yeah, and he's not going to fight Usyk before he fights Wilder. Yeah. He's not going to do that. Well, very quickly before we wrap up. Um, have any have either of you seen the interview that Anthony Joshua did this this kind of um and look back on I saw about half of it. Um he said something that was quite interesting to me and I wonder what you what you what you thought. Um he he kind of mooted to the fact that uh when uh Miller um obviously was ruled out um of the fight that you know his team, and when he says team, I think he means you know, Red, you know, Rob McCracken, obviously, mm-hmm. wanted him to fight Michael Hunter or Emmanuel Char. Okay. Um, and after the, but you know, he, he and Joshua decided, well, no, you know, I, I can't do that because the stick will be unbearable. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but um, the stick will be ridiculous. You know, I'm, I, I can't do that. I can't get away with that. We have to go with the best option that we think is out there. And that's, and that's Andy Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Anna Woolhouse, who was who was doing the interview, said, "Well, was there a little bit of I told you so afterwards?" Then, um, and he said, "Do you know what? Uh, there was something that was said to me in terms of look, we can keep we can keep the belts around your waist, or you can risk not having the belts around your waist. We're giving you advice to keep the belts around your waist." And that struck me as, is that something that a trainer or um, a team should be doing? You know, they're obviously have you know they were obviously advocating for for an easier fight. Now that might be just because it was short notice and all the rest of it. But I don't know. That just was a comment that surprised me, especially with someone like Rob McCracken, who you would think actually maybe not for Rob McCracken because he does seem quite a logical person. Is, but, um, I don't, I don't know. It, I don't know what you think about it. Just, it just Rob, struck me that comment. I don't think McCracken would want him to fight Usyk in a million years, mm. and that's going to be a mandatory yeah. in the next six eight months. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised because every I don't think there's no stone left unturned with AJ's team, and they'll think about you know, all the possible outcomes, and they wouldn't have wanted to fight Ruiz on short notice at all. I can see them not wanting that. If he fought um, Michael Hunter or someone like that, he would have got grief. But Miller wasn't exactly a world beater. Miller just has a massive mouth. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know. It was just. I don't know. It was just. I understand the whole thing about yeah. look, not wanting to go and take someone who who you as a trainer deem as a big risk for, because you know you're fighting how you and how he fights and, and what he's up to. Um, it was just that bit. We can keep. We can either keep the belts around your waist or we can risk not keeping them. That's, that know, is an just, interesting way yeah. of wording it. Yeah. That is a really really interesting way of wording it. Um, I see his point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the first one to to dig out Anthony Joshua, but I actually. See his point here. Michael Hunter's a cruiserweight, yep. really. Um, and Manuel Char is in his mid-30s and has not boxed for a long time. And he talked about Fury's opponent a lot, like dropped that in a lot. He's like, look, what if I'd have done that? Yeah. You know, there's just, you know, hell would have been to pay. He's yeah. like, what more can can we do? You know, you've got, you know, we've talked about it a thousand times. You know, Wilder and Fury have essentially tied themselves up now until, yeah. you know, the middle of, towards the end of 2020. So Yeah. And I imagine at the time, this is before they tied themselves up to the end of 2020, all all 
the goal would have been get to Wilder. Mm. That's what the goal would have been for McCracken, for Eddie Hearn, for everybody, for the 75 people in his team. Everyone would have been thinking, let's just get through this fight and let's get to Wilder. Let's make Wilder another offer and let's get to Wilder. And so I understand it. And Ruiz had just had a fight against a decent opponent um, and had won comfortably. And it was, it is the tougher fight, but he's the unified heavyweight champion in the world. That comes with a responsibility. He's also the biggest draw in boxing. He's fighting on pay-per-view. There is, again, there's Mm. a responsibility with that. And credit to him, he yeah. took a tougher fight, and it, it changed my opinion slightly because it did make me think. Do you know what he does? He, I think he feels that responsibility. Like genuinely, not just saying it. I mean, it's difficult an interview with Anthony Joshua now because I, I don't know whether he thinks he's you know, just a philosopher or David Brand. <laughs> I, I it was, it was, was exhausting at the end yeah. of that interview. And, and I don't dislike. I know what he's trying to say. I know what he's yeah. trying to do. But it was just like you can just say yes or no. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, my opinion changed slightly because I think actually I think he does know. He does want. He does know that responsibility is there and wants yeah. to do that side of things. It's maybe not him. Like, do you know what? I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. I think, a... I think he's feeling the pressure though. Yeah, massively feeling the pressure. And I feel. Maybe, I feel sorry maybe for him the longer relieved. he goes now. Well, yeah. I mean, we've all seen what Ruiz is up to recently, having these parties of naked women and food all over him. So yeah. it's like a Buster Douglas situation. So he get his belts back at least, and then yeah, he'll be back on the road. Yeah, my my, my view is changing on that as well, and I do yeah, think you know, listening to him, and he's talking about you know, and he also Joshua talked a lot about. Um, if you haven't seen it, it'll be on Sky on Demand. But you know, if you can get past all the philosophical stuff that he's sprouting, it takes four minutes to answer every question. But when you get to the meat of it and actually read between the lines of what he's saying. Um, you know the fact that he's lost a lot of love for boxing now because mm-hmm. you know he's just he sees a lot of bullshit, which you hear from a lot of fighters as as they go through the career. Yeah. The stuff with Lennox has obviously affected him, annoyed yeah. him, wound him up, however you want to describe yeah. it. Um, but he's also said, look, you know, fighting Ruiz, there was nothing. You say I wasn't excited before the fight. What what was there for me to get excited about? Yeah. If I won, meh, no one would have said anything. Yeah. Uh, and then it was a question of you know we we you know and he obviously feels like look we've been making these offers a while this is what we're doing we're offering people pieces of the pie you know I'm giving up a lot to, you know more than I probably should to get these people to pie and they're still not coming mm. so now he's like well Wilder and Fury doesn't matter they're all tied up to the end of 2020 nothing all I can focus on now is, is under Ruiz and um, you know the longer it goes now I, the more I do think you know what yeah I mean yeah. this is it he's got to win this fight yeah. and he, he might actually. You know, yeah, really, actually destroy Andy yeah. Ruiz. Yeah, I, I'm starting to believe that now. I, I think after the first fight, which was one of the last times we were all together, yeah. a lot there was a lot of doubt between yeah. us if Joshua would win a rematch. Now you see Ruiz, and he's doing the most. He is out there doing stuff. He's yeah. he's got a nice chain. He's he's, I mean, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying Good being champ. He's thirty. Odd. Yeah, thirty years old. Is it thirty? About that. Yeah. After this, after this, he's not getting another payday like. Yeah, it. exactly. Perhaps if he won a Fort Wilder for the undisputed title, he might. But I don't even think he'd get. He wouldn't get this money that he's getting. He's getting yeah. like over ten million dollars, I think. So he's never going to get it again. He's enjoying it. He's got and it outside the UK. Yeah, yeah. He's not in the UK. It's not going to be British judges, I don't think. And so yeah, he's enjoying himself. And yeah, I think now Joshua will be focused. He actually has a focus now, and it's get the belts back, mm. and then get to Usyk, get beat Usyk, which I think Usyk would beat him to be honest. But it's about getting to getting to the next mandatory, and then eventually getting to Wilder or Fury. All right. Well, um, let's let's finish on this question then. By the end of 
2020, will we have seen Anthony Joshua Huey Fury? <laughs> yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. 100% yes, at Tottenham Stadium as well. <laughs> yeah. Sell out crowd. All right, we'll leave it to you. Anything you want to tell us about prediction leagues? Uh, THFC 99 was top at last table, but he didn't do the last fight. So he's going to be a new leader. Yeah. Yeah. That's not me, I'll tell you that. I've got the, I got, I got the round. One round. Oh, round. yeah. I thought, I thought I'd picked 11. In my head, I thought. Oh, I got saw in the group. I thought there was five points going your way. Do you not yeah, get it right? No, no it was 10. I said round 10. Oh. They should have pulled him out at round 10. Have so any of us ever got. I've got five points when Eggington knocked out um, Frankie Gavin. I, got, I think I'm the only one that's done it. I got five points when Liam Smith stopped Liam Williams in the first fight. Yeah. And I, I, you know, because it was stopped on a cut, yeah. usually it's the next round. So I, I was on websites and everything, the British board's website. Trying to <laughs> say, what fucking round was that? And it's the official thing. And yeah. it was, I'd got the right round. That round, sums you right up. Round mate. nine. Well, because I do the table, I don't want to be accused of anything. That's a good so. point. Right, okay. We shall um, see you next time. We'll, we'll do one after. Uh, Luka Lomachenko, I thought. Pinky swear? Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No one can hear that. No one can hear Pinky swear. He Pinky swore. We'll take a little picture of us all in our NBA stuff and put it on the, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. You lucky, lucky. I know you swore, man. We can swear on it. We can swear on it. Fuckers. Fuckers. Sports Social Podcast Network.